Hey, y'all. I'm Zio. I'm M. And we'd like to thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you very much. If you like what you hear, consider supporting us on Patreon. We're on Patreon as Fic Fans with a Z. You should give us tons of money. W- or none. No pressure. Give us all. Anyway, enjoy the program. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Fiction Fanatics. I'm Tarantella. And I'm Von Volkheim. And today we'll be talking about... Courage, the Cowardly Dog Show. As a, on this episode, we each picked uh, one of our more liked episodes, and the third one... Third one was picked by Random Number Generation. Say thanks to Google. Thank you, Google, for having a random number generator. Say the three episodes we'll be talking about today are Everybody Wants to Direct... Serpent of the Evil River... And... The Tower of Dr. Zalost. Say, I, I picked out Everyone Wants to Direct. And I picked out the Tower of Dr. Zalost. And thank Google for... Yeah, Serpent of the Evil River is kind of a boring episode, so thanks, Google. Thanks a lot. Yeah. One of the more draggy episodes. But, you know, not terrible. No episode. There are very few episodes of Courage that are really terrible. I want to say it's a bad episode, just kind of a boring episode. Yeah, it drags a little. Not a whole lot of payoff. Yep, so Courage the Cowardly Dog. What do you know about it? Well, we all know him from Cartoon Network. Courage the Cowardly Dog. His own, his name's in the show <laughs> and his title's in the show. It's named after him. Yeah. But surely you have the summary. I mean, how could I remember the summary? It's not like it happens at the beginning of the episode. Let's see if I can remember. See, when he was a pup, he was found by Muriel and her husband, Eustace Banks. And I say, but in nowhere, creepy stuff seems to happen. So it's up to him to save his new home. Scream. And so, yeah, the show's about courage, this lovable pink mutt, and his loving owner, Muriel, and her douchebag of a husband, Eustace. Who gets made foolish-looking from the pink dog. On a regular basis. He makes him look bad. Ooga booga. Ooga booga booga. <laughs> yeah, I love this show. It's a fun show. I love this show. It's creepy as fuck sometimes, like unironically. I say, I'm really surprised how much they got away with. We didn't pick some of the creepier episodes, but I'm going to talk about a few of them real quick. Like the episode with cousin... Fred. With, yeah, nephew Fred. Yeah. Who has this weird, like, fetish-ish, like, obsession with cutting hair. So just an odd obsession with just shaving people's heads, not even cutting it, just getting rid of all of it. Yep. I was feeling naughty. naughty. Oh, that episode gives me the creeps. As I have to mention the uh, episode everybody knows with King Ramses. Yep. As he and his amazing song that they loved making. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, King Ramses, the man in gauze, the man in gauze. He's no Santa Claus, the man in gauze, the man in gauze. Gordon Ramsay, banana claws, banana, banana claws. See, <laughs> what else? Um, other, other, uh, the Lady of the Puddle. Oh, the Lady uh, of the Black Puddle instead of the Lady of the Black Lagoon. Yep. I feel like I'm, oh, Cat's Motel. <laughs> Cat's Motel with La Quack. I don't think La Quack was in that one. Okay, I lose track, okay? See, that I that was the one. Well, literally the big cat, and he yeah. it was full of creepy big spiders. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm an idiot. Anyway, um, but yeah, this is actually our first real Cartoon Network show we're talking about, which is kind of weird for us. It took us a little bit to get here, cause like we always talk about how as a kid you have there are the three major children's cable channels. There's Disney Channel, Cartoon Network, and Nickelodeon, and you watched one most and one least. And I say for me, Cartoon Network was the uh, the leader in, in my about ten to fifteen year range. 
but one through nine was Nick or uh, Disney Channel. Nickelodeon's always the uh, one kind of lagging along for me. Now, see, I always loved Cartoon Network the most, even from young baby me. And then after that was Nickelodeon, and then in last place with its mediocre tween dramas was mm. Disney Channel. It had some good shows. Like, Kim Possible is awesome. So yeah, Kim Possible. But, but yeah, like, when they went to Cory in the House and That's So Raven, Phil the Future, kind of yeah. lackluster and kind of put yeah. cartoons on the sidelines with Brandy and Mr. Whiskers. Yeah. So I, I, was, I, I was a Cartoon Network kid. See, they just knew how to make hits back in the early 20-aughts. Yeah. Yeah, Cartoon Network really was a fun channel for a very long time. It's kind of unfortunate that... I don't know. I, I am one of the people who still kind of likes Teen Titans Go, but I'm not like a fan, a super fan. So they they have some good shows now. They've kind of gotten over there choking the schedule to death with Teen Titans Go. Mm-hmm. Actually have, well, like uh, Craig of the Creek. Craig Creek's pretty good. Uh, uh, what's that one with the Valentino, the Hispanic kids? Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. I say I feel bad now for not knowing that one. I know, right? Anyway, but their lineup's pretty good now. For a while, it was like... At least it's not the early 2010s where it was... CN Live! It's a little bit of foreshadowing. Reanimated with out of Jimmy's head. Someday we're going to look at that and we'll weep. Weep. Let's see. We'll cry and get a migraine. Uh... Anyway, I guess we should probably actually talk about what we came here to talk about. The good days. Courage, the cowardly dog. Again, I, I always have to say the cowardly dog. So which one do you want to tackle first? Well, we can probably tackle in chronological order. Okay, in chronological order. Then the first episode on our list, everyone wants to direct. So it starts out with Muriel, Eustace, and Courage watching TV. And they're just having a nice, quiet time at home. And then I hear a knock at the door in the middle of nowhere. Like, they they live near the town of nowhere, but they're actually, like, a ways away. Yeah, they're pretty much on, like, the complete outskirts yeah. of nowhere. I, I mean, call if you it, want to call it that. Yeah, they call it the farm, but there's not, like, an actual field anywhere. No, it's, it's just all dead dirt in a windmill. Yeah. Anyway, so at the door is Benton Tarantella, a famous indie director. See, a nice small films director. Yeah. It's... By the way, that name, if you didn't catch, that is Quentin Tarantino. That's a joke on Quentin Tarantino. I'm sure all the kids knew about all his very famous movies. All his like famous uh, foot-related. Yeah, like Pulp Fiction and shit. What is that called? Death Race? No. No. The, the one with the jumpsuit and revenge. Uh, Kill Bill? Kill Bill, volumes one and two. So he was driving around scouting for locations. And he wants to film his new film at the farm. The film is called Return of the Zombies from Beneath the Farm. By the way, uh, Quentin looks a little strange. It's like his skin's dry. His nose seems a little off towards the rest of his face. I'm sure it's fine. But he does look a little sickly. I see. He looks a little pale, doesn't he? Yeah, a little pale, a little green. A little bony. Yeah, very thin. Very thin. So yeah, a, he does have a big nose. A very Almost big like nose. Almost like it's a disguise or something. Almost. Yep, so he wants to film on their farm, and Eustace's first thing is like, why should I let you? And he says, I'll pay up." and then Benton goes, I'll pay a, t- a ton of cash. And you'll get to be in the movie. Yep, and so Eustace like, yeah, totally. And so he and Muriel, and Muriel's just tickled pink that there's going to be this famous director filming on their show, and we get to 
Be in the movie? Oh, grand. I'll be in a picture show? Ooh. Yep. And so while they're signing the paperwork, Benton's nose comes off, revealing that he is a zombie. See, he's one of the undead. Apparently. I wouldn't have guessed. That disguise was perfect. I don't know. I, I get why Muriel and Eustace didn't catch it. I said, I... Can't I say I've seen plenty of people with like absolutely no gums and just having bare teeth the whole time, like no eyelids and Yep, but yeah, unfortunately the bads do not catch it because they're looking down at the table signing a contract, but Courage catches it and he freaks the fuck out. <laughs> and all the shape shifting and morphing he does. Yeah, trying to show zombie, zombie, zombie. He tries to tell them, but then Benton literally kicks him out, <laughs> like punts him. Good old just thwack. Yep. They'll st- and he says, we'll start filming tonight. And then he goes down to the basement. This is where we'll film the resurrection scene. I, said, I do like in that scene, like he's doing this really weird like walk where he like fully extends his leg and then does the old stereotypical finger square trying to get a perfect like frame view like he pretends like he's actually a director well he is actually a director he's just maybe not as famous as he pretends to be (laughs) and then while he's doing the box thing his hand falls off again courage is the only person who sees this happen though say it makes sense yep they're too blinded by the hollywood lights yep so then benton goes on and goes muriel will play the victim and eustace will play the grave digger and so like he and so he starts digging in their basement because he'll get paid tons of money for it more tons of money apparently it's a good thing this basement isn't even finished it's just raw dirt on the ground no i think it's supposed to have concrete it's but it's pretty easy to break through basement concrete even Hmm. with a shovel oh it just looked like dirt to me maybe don't know anyway so courage goes up to his room to check on the computer about who the fuck Benton is? Do a bit of fact checking. Yep. And at first the computer doesn't know shit. And then he tells it to keep looking. Like, oh, wait a minute. That Tarantella. And we get this newspaper clipping that says that Benton Tarantino and his Benton Tarantella. Sorry. Excuse they me. Don't want to def- uh, defame good old Tarantino. He's kind of a douche. <laughs> anyway, he said him and his partner, tw- like, killed 12 people before getting caught and so benton died in prison and his partner was released early for good behavior and then died outside of prison and buried in the graveyard on which the farmhouse was built for some reason for some damn reason his partner errol von volkheim see which i we think is a reference it's a reference to some something. German director or austrian von director Stroheim or something yeah um but we're not big enough Hey, we're on this podcast talking about film and movies. We don't know who that is. We don't know who that person is. Sorry. We're just losing so much clout. Move on. <laughs> Move on before we lose all of the clout. And so, yeah, he's a zombie. The house is built over Aaron von Vulkan's grave. And then Courage finally reads the script. Scene one, fool old people. Scene two, dig hole. Scene three, when planets align, dead partner rises from the grave. And then my favorite part. Scene four. Eat the old lady and Finn. Then that's the end of the f- that's the end of the script, and so Courage, of course, tries to go save his beloved Muriel, but Benton tells Eustace to 
locked the dog in the trunk because it's in the movie. And so Eustace does it because Eustace is a gullible douchebag. Because Eustace likes money and he's totally going to get money for this. You're not pretty sure they're just going to eat him afterwards. Yep. And so Courage manages to like scoot the chest closer to where the script is. And then he reaches out of the keyhole of the chest with his cartoon dog arm, (laughs) grabs the script, and then takes the pencil out of thin air and starts rewriting it. So he's rewriting, he's rewriting as fast as possible as the zombies rise. And then while the zombies, like right after the zombie rises, Benton goes, okay, so we're both, so I and my partner here are both going to be in the scene. So Eustace, you're the director. And then Eustace actually begins to take it kind of seriously. So I can't see Muriel. Yeah. Hey, move over there. I can't see the victim. Okay. Is that better? Uh, I'm not sure this scene will work, guys. Yes, it will. I'm sure. Let me check the script. And so they check the script and the the newly changed script. And so since Courage changed the script, the script now says, the big zombie lets the dog out of the box. And they go, well, if it's in the script. And so they let Courage out. And then the next part of the script says, the zombies go back in the hole and the dog buries them. And then the, the two former director partners start arguing about how terrible of a writer Benton is. I came all the way out of the ground for you. just to go back in. You, God, a, you really are a bad writer. I didn't write that as they're entering the hole. As they just, yep, just go along with it, just jump back in the hole. Yep, and so Courage buries them, and that would be the end, except for apparently the movie actually got made, like edited <laughs> and sent somewhere, because later they're watching it on TV. I wonder what the, I wonder how much they made off of that. I wonder if they made anything <laughs> off of that. I mean, even if that film, even if that camera they used actually had film, who who would they like send the footage to? Since Benton's, you know, in the ground, since he's, you know, gone. Did Benton have an editor all set up already to edit the him eating an old woman film, and they just sent it to that guy, and he was like, "Well, there's no woman being eaten, but I guess I'll edit this and submit it." Say, was that his plan to make a snuff film? He's like, "Eh, whatever." He just told me to edit whatever I sent. He sent my way. Yeah, that is so fucking weird but hey it's whatever and courage got to steal the movie and he got to be on tv yay yay good job courage i don't know for for a courage episode that one was pretty pretty average pretty standard yep it's fun and it's pretty memorable just because i say how the the directors looked yeah the zombie directors are very gross for a children's cartoon very interesting design yeah they're not really rotting they're very much the dried husk zombies but they're still pretty creepy. So they still have a little bit of flesh to them. Like yeah, I, I, they I, still have their eye. Well, one has a eye. <laughs> yeah. While I wouldn't make, well, I wouldn't say they're quite as scary. I put them right below. I put them pretty close or a little below the zomb- the Scooby-Doo Zombie Island zombies mm. in terms of design. Yeah, those ones are a little more fleshed out. But then I think <laughs> that had a little bit more of a budget. Fleshed out. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, on to the next episode, and since we're going chronologically, that is Serpent of the Evil River. I just gotta love that name, Evil River. Yeah, like, it's one of the most generic names in the show, and I don't really think it's a reference to something like most of the other ones are. I just think it's just Evil River. And I'd like to point out that this episode is fine, but neither one of us picked it. Yeah, no, Google didn't really hit a home run on this one no i put i made a random number generator between like zero and one up and one more than what how many episodes there were i think like 200 something or 150 something segments yeah not 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 full episodes yeah Yeah. because most episodes only take up a 15 
or I'd say 11 minute slot. Yeah. 11, 11 minute of a 22 minute show. Yep. So again, the episode starts with them watching TV at the farm and an ad pops on with a sailor on it. And the ad talks about, are you tired of a life of, wait, let me get my pirate voice in. Yar, are you tired of a life of chores? Then join me on our seafaring voyage. Never a dull moment. And there's always a catch. I still love that subtle joke. There's always a catch. Yeah, because it's supposed to be a fishing fishing journey. And definitely not a scam. The trips. And then then Mira goes like, oh, that sounds fun. I would like a break from all of these chores. But all the money. Yeah, Eustace won't do it. He's too much of a cheap stick. Too much of a penny pincher. And then the commercial goes on to say, it's free for the first three customers, yar. And then I love you. He says, I guess we're going on a trip. Yep, as long as it's free. So they get on the boat, and like they're sitting on lounge chairs with like coconut drinks in their hands. And the captain goes over to make sure they're like all comfortable. Say they're all ready to get off on the river? Yep. I would say road, but it's a yep. boat. Yep. And so... Muriel's like, oh, yeah, I'm so excited. Aren't we Eustace? And then Eustace is already a fucking asleep. Just passed out on a lawn chair. And then as soon as they leave docks, the captain shows his true colors. I mean, well, he takes he takes out, like, half his teeth, like, undoes his foot and, like, unscrews his hand. Yeah, like, he puts on an eye patch. He, like, takes out half his teeth. He rips his shirt open. To reveal, like, a shark tattoo. Yep. Um, he takes off the most realistic arm I've ever seen <laughs> and puts on a hook. And he like takes off his leg and replaces it with a peg leg. What a tran like what a transformation. And so they talk about and so Mira's like, Work? I thought we were getting a catch. There's always a catch. The catch is you work for me or you become the anchor. And so they begin working for them. Eustace has made the engineer. Muriel has made the cook. And Courage has made the first fucking mate. I saw that. It's like you better grow some hair because first mate needs to be brave and then the captain fucking bites him yeah courage like lowly whimper growls like it's like really yeah and then just full-on bites into him and just shakes him like a doll yeah it's like a chew toy (laughs) like and then we meet my favorite character of the episode the bird yep there's this bird that tort that bugs courage while he's up on the crow's nest looking around with a telescope just laughing at him and pecking him and so they ask hey what are we fishing for and he says big catch just just big catch it's a big catch and then they go down a fucking waterfall like like for real just it's just a straight vertical waterfall and so after they finally get far enough in they go after carmen the sea monster and their first attempts to catch him catch the sea monster does not work. They catch him and then get the boat gets dragged around and they're all like gripping onto Courage who's gripping onto the fishing pole. Well, I I still love the joke where Courage is fishing for it just with a regular ass fishing pole and then looks over the cabin like, help. He's like, you, you think I'm stupid? <laughs> and he gets Muriel and Eustace to help him while he goes pilots the boat. Yep. And like after the monster catches on, pulls the boat, it like fucks up the engine. And so the captain goes... Okay, we'll have to use different bait. Something big, round, and chewy. And then Muriel walks in. With muffins. With muffins. (laughs) And Muriel, we haven't really described what she looks like, but she's like a sweet, grandmothery type person who's a bit on the plump and round side. On the bigger side. She's, And, you know, old old meat tends to be a little 
chewy or rubbery. Yeah. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know either. I've never eaten an old person. <laughs> they're not in my demo. Or they're not in my uh, neighborhood. And so Eustace goes, like, and Eustace immediately recognizes what he means. And he goes, like, we're not using my wife as bait. And then the captain says he'll split the reward with him. Eustace loves his wife. Yeah. Because he, immediate, he, he immediately. He loves money more. Yeah. He immediately goes, okay. Is it safe? And oh, never, it's as safe as the ocean is wet. Yeah. And, like, he doesn't really wait for a real answer. And so, apparently, Carmen, the sea monster, likes opera. And so, the captain gives Muriel a boombox playing Carmen, the opera, to Carmen, the sea monster. Say, but, Courage doesn't want to do this, at least sitting down. So, Captain makes Eustace tie him up and throw him up in the crow's nest. Um, something I think is funny. So, like, he told Muriel, like, hey, just hold this, in the sea mo- hold this boombox and the sea monster will come at you. And you'll be able to catch it with these serpent tongs. And he just takes out like a salad tongs. Yeah, just a big pair of salad tongs. I'll give it to him. At least he was nice enough to give her a shark cage. I, I guess. <laughs> it didn't really help because the cage comes back up without Muriel and a giant hole ripped in it. So just broken. And so Courage, after escaping from the rope with the help of his... His uh, bird friend yep. who pecks him at like Mach 5 speeds. Yep, pulls scuba gear out of nowhere and goes after Muriel. And the captain, not wanting to let go of his prize, also goes after Carmen. Eustace stays on the boat and is attacked by monkeys. I just love the ominence of just seeing the shadows of the monkeys. Like, they're making monkey noises, so there's no doubt it's monkeys, but it just, you only see the shadows and. <laughs> yep. And so, Courage catches up to, like, this underwater cave with a air pocket, a little chasm. And Muriel's just, like, sitting in a comfy armchair watching Carmen sing opera. Carmen the fish monster sing Carmen the opera. Uh, Get the... Get it? Yeah. And she goes... And Muriel goes like, wow, the sea monster's quite good. She's not all that bad. She just wanted an audience. Yep. And then the captain shows up and there's a fight. There's a little inspector gadget fight where he uses his foot punching bag he hits the dog with his foot pu- like it's like one of those extendo fists like in cartoons only where his peg leg just was <laughs> just randomly just randomly encourage captures the cap in stalag slag tights mites we're not geologists we don't have to know that one of them's on the ceiling one of them's on the floor the one from the ceiling dropping down yep. captures it in there from carmen singing yep and then carmen t- tows the boat home and muriel goes Hey, where's Eustace? And they left oh, him in the jungle. Eustace will. I hope Eustace makes it back home safe. Yep, he's just in the jungle, surrounded by monkeys. He's like become the monkey banana king. I say, what a. I, th- I think it's an upgrade. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't have anyone to cook for him. See, he's got a black and white television either. Yeah. But he's yeah. got bananas and monkeys. Yep. And the final episode we're going to talk about is The Tower of Dr. Zolost. As a fun fact about this episode. It's one of the whole two in the entire series that takes up the entire time slot instead of just 11-minute period. Yep, it takes a full 22 minutes. The only other episode that does that in the series is The Mask. The Mask, which is another good episode. Yep, and so we open with these cannons shooting into the city into making blue explosions from a tower. And then we see this creepy guy with green skin smile malevolently. The cannonballs hit several people, and they also turn green and miserable. There's this little girl skipping rope. And then, bam. This, yep, de- bam, depression. Then this guy who's, like, making pizzas. Bam, depression. 
Doesn't he just like drop the pizza on his head? Yeah, he just like puts his hand on his. He puts his head on his hand like, ah. <sighs> just kind of sighs and then flop. Great job bumping the mic there. I didn't bump nothing. <laughs> And then there's like apparently a parachuter on the ground because she's like just walking with a backpack. Then she gets hit. She falls over and her parachute just poof. So apparently she was just on the ground with a parachute. Well, I mean, I'm glad she did that. She was hit on it on the ground. I say, who knows what would happen if she got hit by the miserable ball in midair. Yep. And finally we see a chicken get hit and he just becomes sad chicken. Yep. Sad chicken. Note on him later. And apparently this creepy guy is the Dr. Zolost from the title. Or yeah. Zolost. Or Zolist. See, he or is Zoloft. the world's most miserable man. Yep, the greatest unhappy scientist to ever exist. He tries to get money from the mayor of nowhere for his misery cannonball research. See, he wants $33 billion and a third dollars yep and then when he doesn't get it that's apparently where we come in and he's like attacking nowhere the ta- the city of nowhere well i still like how the uh off screen they throw him out of the mayor's office and he just leaves a big old somehow he bends a wooden like telephone pole it doesn't fall over it just has his head shape in it yeah like they de- like they dented a piece of metal but no and that's also where we meet his rat pet thing this is his rat henchman. His rat hench person. And so after the mayor finally decides to pay up after all of his citizens become miserable. And then we cut to the farm where Muriel is making her secret recipe for happy plums. Which I mean, they look good, but sound kind of gross. I don't know. I've never, plums are okay. I've never been super enthused about them. But they act like her recipe makes them so amazing it's impossible to be miserable. Well, she just has so much happiness that she transfers into the plums that they make anybody happy. Yeah. And so Eustace and so Eustace is bitching about not having a paper. Where's my damn paper? Except for he doesn't say damn because he's not it's, me. It's a child show. We don't have the he doesn't have the creative freedom I do. But I I gotta go back on the plums really quick. I really don't. It's plums, vinegar, and sour cream. But like, it's such a weird combination to me. I don't think that's everything. That's just what she lists. Yeah. And it's also not sour cream. It's whipped cream. No, it's sour cream. It is. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Kind of what I thought. Huh. Weird. Anywho, so Eustace, after bitching about his paper, decides to go into town to get one, and we cut back to the tower of Doctor Zalost. Papa. Who's counting up? Well. Ratman's counting up all the money. Yep, the weird rat pit is counting money, and the doctor's just in his bed in a bathrobe, watching terrible television, eating ice cream. He's still miserable. The money didn't make him happy like he thought it would. So what's all this money if I'm still miserable? Yep. As he throws the ice cream and spoon. If I'm not happy, no one should be happy. And so he's, he goes like, rat, rat, give me a hug. And the rat just, <sighs> this shit again. And so he kind of like half-ass hugs and he gets mad at the rat because like, that's not a real hug. You're not even trying. If you're not going to give me a real hug, I don't want any hug. <laughs> Rat's probably happy. He's like, I didn't want to give you a damn hug in the first place. Yep. And then the mayor calls him. It's like, hey, we gave you the money. Make everyone happy. And he's like, bitch, no. Yeah, so he didn't make me happy, so I'm not going to make you happy. Yep. Eustace gets to the newspaper office. He apparently went all the way to like where they print the newspapers. Also, I still like how this mayor somehow got his hands on $33 billion of this town that's literally called Nowhere. Yeah, that does seem like a large amount for a small town. And so, but yeah, Eustace gets to town. He goes to the newspaper office. Not even like to a newspaper dispenser thing in front of a grocery store <laughs> or something. 
No, he goes to where they print the damn paper, only to find out there was no paper today. And so he starts bitching and makes his way home. But Dr. Zalosp's tower, which is apparently like on giant robotic spider legs. And CG. Yeah, is CG, is like parked in the middle of the road. So Eustace, being the no-giving-a-fuck dumbass he is, drives right up to it and starts honking. Because it's in the middle of the road. Get out of the way. Get out of the way, you stupid kids. Your jalopy's blocking the road. And then Zalos like, looks down and it's like, Rot. You missed one? You missed one. Happy people. Yeah. Why are there happy people? And I'm, my first thought is, why would you think he's happy? He's he's angry. Yeah, I say, he couldn't, uh, he couldn't have been any more wrong on Eustace and happy. Yeah, but anyway, so Eustace finally goes like, bah, and just drives around it and makes his way home. And Zalos, like, gets a telescope and follows him to find out, we didn't hit that farm over there. And so the tower starts heading to the farm. Eustace gets home, and he's an idiot. He goes, like, when Mary goes, like, how was town? He's, like, lousy. They didn't have a paper. And some stupid kid parked their Jeep <laughs> in the middle of a road. And it's, like, you thought a, like, five-story tower on spider legs was some kid's Jeep? Say, so you... Yeah, he's old. I'll I'll give it. I'll give him a little bit of doubt. Yeah, yeah but this isn't like mistaking a Ford for a Chevy. This is like this is a giant moving castle. This is like Hal's moving castle for a four by four car. So whatever. Um, Zalos gets there and starts shooting. He hits Eustace, and apparently doesn't work on Eustace because Eustace is immune to emotion. He's just so like dead inside that he can't feel. Any emotion besides just meh. But then he hits Muriel, and Muriel gets all sad and bummed, which sucks because Muriel is awesome. See, Muriel really gets, like, I like that Courage, like, was, like, seconds away from saving her. But then, I mean, if Courage doesn't get saved, everyone's kind of all screwed. Yeah, it's like he almost saves Muriel, and then, like, as soon as she gets hit, he's like, oh, no. And then he starts, like, avoiding and running themselves. And apparently these cannonballs go through walls without breaking them. yeah. Which I, I think is funny. So when he's shooting the ball through town, they seem like Rat is like a fucking like veteran sniper because he misses like zero fucking shots. But used to, or Courage literally puts on a fake mask and dodges like three of the damn things. Yep. And finally he like avoids them by hiding under the sink and not even just under the sink. There's like a hole that... There's a hole in the pipe that he hides in. Yeah. And he drips out of. Yep. So he gets out, and then Eustace goes like, well, that was weird. How about those plums? And so, like, Eustace starts eating his share of the plums. And Courage tries to feed Muriel, but she's too depressed to eat, which is god mood. Which is, yeah, she's just, just so mood. Nothing. And so Courage goes, hmm. And so he puts the spoon, a spoonful and her cup of plums in his pocket. His pocket. His flesh pouch that all dogs have that all dogs have how else would they hold their wallets say how else would they hold anything yeah and so he decides he has to cure muriel he has to break into the tower like a hero dog as he and he actually gets the help of eustace on this plan kind of (laughs) he basically convinced eustace that if he if he had a pizza box and he delivered it to the tower he could get 20 bucks and they wouldn't even ask any questions and it's the easiest 20 bucks he'll ever make yeah and it worked and i don't know how he communicated that to eustace since courage barely talks and when he does that people people can act like they don't understand him Eh, he explained it off camera i guess yeah and so courage hides as the pizza 
in the pizza box, the flat pizza box. <laughs> Apparently, he covered himself in cheese and pepperoni. Yeah, because he's even like sticky with it afterwards. And so he gets out of the pizza. He starts sneaking a little bit, and then he fucks up, and the rat notices him. And then he gets into the fight with a rat. And throughout the fight, there's the cannonballs get loose and start rolling around. And Courage like th- even like throws a few at the rat. And when the rat gets hit by the cannonballs of misery, they make him stronger. They they basically give him a power up. Yeah, it's like there's this weird little rat bean, and eventually it becomes like Hulk rat with giant teeth. Giant teeth and big old claws and big upper bicep muscles. Yep. And so Courage, in a moment of rare brilliance, takes out a spoonful of the plums he stuffed in his pocket pouch and shoves it in the rat's mouth. And not only does the rat shrink, it shrinks like smaller than it started out. Like a baby rat. Yeah, it even has like a little diaper, and the baby rat just starts crying because it's sad. So I guess the baby, the okay, the regular rat was so evil, so sad that when he ate something so happy slash good that it reverted him back to a baby state. I fucking guess. I don't know how else to explain it. So with the rat defeated, Courage goes up this very long staircase, like it's very long. It like loops around the entire tower to go up like a full three flat like <laughs> like a good like 30 feet also no handrails that's against osha i say that's an osha violation yeah he doesn't look like one that really cares yep and as he climbs up you see this vat of green stuff that like the cannonballs are getting dipped into to yes make the misery say, the, cannonballs to make the sadness yep so then he gets upstairs and he gets captured by the i would i was about to say good doctor but i guess the bad doctor and so while he's tied up, there's a cannon pointed towards him. And in order to escape, he has to play Hangman. Hangman. And apparently he screws up, like, both legs, a torso, both arms, and the head. And it's just a four-letter word. And it's a four-letter word. And so the doctor goes like, well, you can buy more letters for... As a, a vowel for $5. No, not a vowel for $5. It was a consonant for $5. A, yeah. vowel, a vowel was, like, 15 or 10 no, because he gives him a 20. He gives him like two 20s, and like I remember the vowels are worth more. I don't know. I'm going to have to rewatch that episode. Anyway, and apparently the word he was looking for is boom. Ha 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 ha. I get it. Yep. But then he goes like, you cheated. It's like, you took, you made him give you 40 bucks. <laughs> and so he fires the cannon, and it misses courage, and they're all fighting, and they have this big fight. And finally, like, the doctor gets courage over the ledge to fall into the pit, into the misery goop. The the green cauldron. The green cauldron of misery goop. And then courage drops the plums in before him. And then the doctor drops courage in. And apparently the plums are so good that just a single mug of plums, of happiness plums, is enough to counteract all the misery, turning the green potion into a pink potion of happiness. That then just fucking explodes the entire tower and converts all the misery cannonballs into happiness cannonballs. So you just start shooting them out. Yep. Hitting start, everybody. Yep. Fixes everyone in town. See, and that note I made about the chicken earlier. Yeah. He turns good, or back to normal, to get immediately precededly ran over by a car. Yep. Some people die happy. At least he died happy. See, at least he died not miserable. So the whole fucking tower explodes. Courage goes home to find Muriel all normal. And then apparently the doctor survives that shit. See, then hunts him down with, like, one of the last black cannonballs. He attacks Courage and Muriel in the house. They hide under the table. And the doctor goes, are these plums? I love plums! And starts and eat, takes a few bites of the happiness plums. And then, yeah, the plums just turn the most miserable man in the world happy. 
And then he loses his green tint. Loses his green tint. The baby rat shows up. And he, like, actually, when he gets hugged by the doctor, the rat stops crying. And they're both happy. And everyone's happy. And that's the end of the episode. Yay. Hooray. Oh, yeah. And Eustace got eviscerated. Yeah, Eustace is just gone again. <laughs> he got hit. For some reason, this cannonball just eviscerated him. I mean, maybe he's so naturally miserable that happiness literally destroyed him. Well, I mean, you did say he ate a thing of plums, so maybe they counteracted each other where he actually felt a little something. But his superpower of not feeling anything in the little bit counteracted and made a super bad decision. I have no fucking idea. We shouldn't think too hard about sh- silly shows like this. Courage science. Yeah. Um, this show really is a lot of fun. It's a bit creepy, and it's as an adult, it's even kind of like... Wow, I can't believe like I watched this as a kid and liked it because I think I would have been I thought I would have been scared at that age. Gosh, I remember I loved this show when I was a kid. As a this is kind of what got me interested in horror films. Yeah, and the show as a whole has so many references to like classic horror films and thrillers and stuff. It's truly, truly a love letter. Yeah, it's and it's just a fun it's a fun show overall, even if it's a little creepy. Um, we watched it using his cable password so we can't give you say these are the sites we watched say, it on nowhere really as you can go on cn or if you're lucky boomerang and sometimes cartoon network yep um I, it might be one of the shows on hbo max but neither of us have that they don't have that sadly yeah but turner i guess it's not turner anymore because now it's at&t so you might be able to find it on amazon prime yeah at&t isn't great about sharing the movies and tv shows they own also, I hate how they've been running DC and Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's a long story. It's a long story. We might talk about it someday. That's a discussion I do want to have. I say that would be a good one. I I want to find like an, a comic book nerd who would be willing to help me with that because I am not a comic book nerd, but I'm like a comic book almost nerd. Because I couldn't get any further away from that. Yeah. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. Courage is a great show. If you can find it, I'd suggest giving it a watch. Uh, so you should always watch it. One of the classic CN shows. It's a lot of fun. Muriel is absolutely adorable as an old lady who loves her dog. I say, if you love a good old monster show, yeah, monster. a villain of the week kind of, no nonsense, funny, give you a little bit of a spook, but nothing like piss your pants scary. Yeah, it's a great show. So, Courage the Cowardly Dog, I gives it a thumb up and a half As I would from give my it four arms. Three oogas out of boogas. See, I think that's a good score. So, thank you for joining us again. It's been a blast. And see you next time.